you know when you have two items, then you have four possibilities. Yeah? Is that right? Yes? You are a mathematics, statistics graduate? No. And you? You follow her. Kiabo. <laughs> you understand? You only understand Kiasu, Kiasi. Kiabo. You find out from your wife when you go home. I think it's already happening in your life. Kiabo. <laughs> Alright, so uh, you have two items, you have four possible outcomes. Okay? Outcome number one could be you don't pray and you give up. Outcome number two could be you pray, but you give up. Okay? What Jesus said is pray and don't give up, meaning that it is possible to be either one. Okay? It's possible to be either one. It's possible to pray and give up. It's possible to not pray, but don't give up. And all of those is possible. Okay? What I want to say is this. I think if you don't pray and you give up, or you pray and you give up, the outcome is still the same. So from there, I will conclude, prayer by itself doesn't change anything. There are lots of people who are very spiritual and they pray. But their life doesn't change. Okay? Uh, for the, because time is short, I'll tell you this story in the shortest possible way. A couple came to see me, husband, doctor, wife, doctor. They both graduated from the UK. Doctors graduated from the UK, right? Not some funny university where you can pay money and get in and graduate. And the couple just got married about seven, eight months. And they were quite anxious to have kids. So they asked me to pray for them. And I was kind of smiling to myself. I said, Here are doctors coming to see the pastor to pray for them. I thought, I thought having kids is biological. So they said, Pastor, can you pray? So it's like, if I pray, they will have kids. That's what they thought. So I said, you know, before I pray for you, I need to ask you a question. I don't know, this, this congregation got a lot of young people. Huh? This statement I'm going to make is rated as PG, PG-16. <laughs> if you're below 16, please close your ears or make sure your parents are next to you. So I asked the husband, right? You've been married eight months. I don't know why you are in such a hurry. But can I find out, you know, you and your wife, how many times a week do you have, you know, husband and wife relationship, marital relationship? And this is a doctor who graduated from the UK. He looks at me like a deer facing bright lights. What do you mean? What I mean, do I need to be more plain than that? I draw a picture for you, <laughs> show you a video. Then, then he, you know, kind of like nudge his wife. He said, you tell him. I said, okay, you tell me. He said, you, you tell him. I can't believe that two people who graduated from medical school behave so childish in front of me. I said, okay, one of you tell me what it is. Pastor, actually, 
Yes. Malaysians, they overuse what is actually. Mm. Uh, actually, I'm a man. Yeah, I can see that you are a man. <laughs> actually, I'm here right now. Yeah, I know. I can see that you're here. Always use this, actually. So, actually, Pastor, yes, since we got married, we haven't, you know, I, what? <laughs> we haven't had any husband and wife relationship. And then you come to me and ask you to pray for you. What do you think? A virgin birth will happen again? <laughs> I can pray for you. I can put my hands on your head. I can put my leg on your head also. Nothing will happen. Pastor Stephen, you, had, you have two children, right? That means in your life you prayed twice. <laughs> you know that's not how it happened. You have two, right? And then you stop because you've stopped praying, is it? <laughs> you know that's not how it happened. And you know what's going to happen? The two boys are going to ask you, Daddy, how did it happen? <laughs> that's not my problem. <laughs> as long as you don't ask me here, right? Okay, go home and ask. All right? So, can you understand if I say to you, prayer alone is not going to change anything. It's what you do after you pray. If you pray and you give up, you are no different from the one who doesn't pray and who gives up. The outcome is going to be the same. Now, how about the one who doesn't pray but doesn't give up? There are a lot of human examples like that. You can read a lot of motivation books. Those people are not coming from a basis of the scripture. And they have not given up in life. I was just watching this TED talk the other day of this lady. Uh, she obviously, her lifestyle, you know, she clearly admitted her lifestyle is not a, uh, a lifestyle that is in line with the scripture. And she talked about how she tried to swim from America to Cuba, you know, five times. And she failed every time. She tried the sixth time and she succeeded. In spite of being beaten by jellyfish. Now, that's a person who will tell you, I didn't pray, I just didn't give up. And I still succeeded. So why I did, do I need to be like you, who pray and then claim that because you prayed, you didn't give up? Here's what I want to say. A person who prays and doesn't give up is definitely better than a person who prays and gives up. The difference between a person who prays and doesn't give up compared to the one who doesn't pray but also doesn't give up is that your finish line is going to be longer. Only God knows your finish line when you pray. There's an X factor. And I want to talk to you about this boy who been in contact with me for the last few years. He's been sharing with me his story. So my title of the sermon is The Boy Who Owned His Walk. He doesn't know that I'm using his testimony, so I can't have his photo here. And I can't uh, tell you his name either. I can't give you too many details about him uh, because you might know who I'm talking about since he's a public figure. The point about this boy was, when he started off, I could see that his 
maturity level, his potential was up to here. Now I can see that his maturity and his potential is there, and I don't know where it's going to end. Simply because of his kind of experience that he's had. Right? This boy, from the very beginning, he always shared with me his situation. He never asked me to pray for him. He just shared. And there were times when I listened to his story, I was thinking, good thing you didn't ask me to pray for you because I would just say some nice things to you, but I think it's not going to work out for you. So thank God you didn't ask me. And I was just thinking, why don't you just give up? And he wasn't giving up as well. Okay? So this is the story of the boy who owned his walk. Now, how is this connected with Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 1 to 8? I think the summary of this story is, you pray, make sure after that you don't give up. Okay? Don't be like that couple who just want to be prayed for, and then after that, they assume they don't have anything to do. All right? It is God who is with you, it is not God who is doing things for you. See, God is contrasted with this judge in this parable, right? Do you remember in this parable there was a judge? All right? Can you quickly tell me, how would you in one or, no, not one word, a few words, how would you characterize this judge? Huh? Okay, some more? Huh? Sorry? Cruel? Okay, one more word. What? Bad. Okay, in Singapore, your English is very powerful. <laughs> it's what? Unjust, which was from the text. Cruel? Bad. I don't know whether your English is better than Malaysian. If I ask Malaysians, right, what is the meaning of an unjust person? They will tell me very, very quickly, without even blinking an eye, without even feeling ashamed, a person who is unjust. Okay, but at least Singapore, you know, you can say an unjust person is a cruel person. An unjust person is a bad person. Okay, then what is the word that I would use? Indifferent. I don't care. This judge, he was a judge, but he didn't care about anybody else. He had no conscience. I don't care. I have power, but I don't care. If I care, I only care about myself. In the end, why did the judge do his job? Because he just wanted a peace of mind, right? Who was he caring for? Himself. Ah, I better give this lady the decision that she wants so she'll stop coming to me. So he just cared for himself. What the Bible is trying to tell us is, God is not like that. God cares. Alright? God cares. But I want you to know that God cares for you in a way that is slightly different from how you care for your pet. I was staying in this house. I, I don't have pets at home, but I was staying in this house. 
where the owners had gone away and they always let me stay in their house. This was in another country. And about six months ago, the owners had bought a dog. Maybe one day I'll show you the photo of the dog. So I was staying in this house. I just arrived at midnight. I went to sleep. At six in the morning, there was the sound of some scratching on the door. Scratching on the door. And I opened the door. It was his dog. And the dog hugged me. And the dog immediately got onto my bed. And hugged me. I'm not used to hugging a dog in the bed. <laughs> and this dog is a Malamut. You know what's a Malamut? It's like an Alaskan husky. One year old. But probably like Chetro's size. I'm not used to dogs. I'm not used to dogs hugging me. I'm not even used to my wife hugging me for too long. And my wife, at least her nails are not as sharp as a dog. So I just like kind of hug, you know, touch the dog back, okay? So yeah, you could say I care for the dog. But I'm not concerned for this dog's long-term future. I can care for you, but I'm not concerned for you. God is not just, not just cares for you. He's also concerned for you. Now, do you know what this dog, then I talked to the, to the driver in the house, and this dog was restless because every day, this, this Alaskan uh, Malamut cannot go out in the hot sun. It would die. It would last. So every day when the owner was around, the owner used to take the dog out for a walk at 5 a.m. And there were days when the dog didn't want to go out and the owner would still drag that dog out, you better go have exercise. That owner is doing it not because he cares for the dog, he's just concerned for the dog. See, this judge had no concern, had no care, but God is not like this judge. God cares, but not cares just so that he just, hello boy, how are you? Pat you, give you some food. But he will drag you out to go out at five in the morning so that you have your exercise. So that dog was lying in the bed, and when, they, when the next day he came again, he was scratching on the door, and I, I knew what I needed to do. So I got up, I dressed up, and I took that dog, and we went for the walk. And the dog was, no, no, no. Trying to jump on the bed, I said, no, you're going with me for the walk. Not because I cared for the dog, but I was concerned because the owner had been away for one month. So the dog had not gone for its walk for one month. So, God just not only cares for us, He's also concerned for us. Why is it that praying is not enough? Because God doesn't only care for you, He's also concerned for you. He wants you to grow through the prayer process. That for you to grow, you need what? Jethro, tell us. To grow, what do you need? Huh? <laughs> you are correct. But if we gave you food today, tomorrow would you be growing? No. So food and water apparently is not enough. Simple truth. You need time. I remember when my son was 12 years old, he asked me, Daddy, how to get a moustache? Can you like, tell me what I need to buy from the pharmacy? said, don't waste your time buying anything from the pharmacy. You just need to grow up. Why do I need to grow up? 
time. And now he's about 18 years old. He said, I already 18. I still don't have. Wait some more. Time. Time will give you things that you cannot get any other way. Pray and then wait. And in waiting, you do not give up. Because God is not going to do it for you. So I'm not going to go to the walk in the park and tell the dog, I have done the walking for you. It's okay. You can sleep on the bed. It's not going to help the dog. I'm going to take the dog out. I'm with you, but I'm not going to walk for you. I'm walking for myself. You walk yourself. I don't only care for you, I'm also concerned for you. So please tell your neighbor, God doesn't only care for you, He's concerned for you. You see, I think you would, only, you would prefer a God who just cares for you. Every time you need something, just give it to you. Okay? Next day, I remember after taking the dog for the walk, I was sitting down having the breakfast, right? And the dog was biting my shoe. Not really biting my shoe, it was like, yeah, you know, chewing my shoe. Then I asked the maid, you know, at the house, hey, have you given the dog food today? He said, no. I said, please give the dog food. And she gave the dog food. That is not concern, that is just care. And, you know, a lot of us would like that, that God cares for us instantly, instantly, always we get the answer that we want. We always want a breakthrough now, now, always now, now. I want it now. But you know, life is not like that. When Adam and Eve sat in the Garden of Eden, it was like that. They didn't pray. They didn't have to wait. They instantly had everything. But then after that, you know, Adam and Eve were separated from God. Then they needed to learn how to pray. And they needed to learn how not to give up. When they lost their first, first their, their, when they lost their firstborn, uh, they, they had to learn how to wait. And God had to give them another son. And after that, men always had to learn how to wait. So let me share with you this story of this boy who owned his walk. Can we go to the next slide? You guys do it for me, right? Thank you. So this is boy who was sharing with me that he wanted to become a professional football player. And after a few months, he sent me an email and told me, I want you to know God has given me a breakthrough through a friend of my father's, I have been in contact with the president of this Italian football club. My father, through his friend, knows the president of that football club, the owner and the president. And the president told my father, anytime, send your son over. I will tell the coaches, we will sign him up. Wow, God is so good, pastor. That's how you would like your prayer life to go, right? A year later, he told me, I don't know, this owner doesn't respond to my father or my father's friend anymore. They say, it's okay, Pastor. Because now, right, I got this contact with this agent from Austria. Wow, I see this guy, we're not bad. Italy, Austria, all the countries I haven't gone to before. Not bad, when you go there, then you make sure you connect me with the churches there. So this Austrian football agent, he told me that he has 20 clubs that he connected to and he got 200 players under him. He told me, the moment you hit your 17th birthday, you come over, you're already adult, you can sign contract. So I asked him, how did you get to know this agent? My father's other friend. Your, your father? 
Your father never come to church, right? but got so many friends, right? Better introduce to me, lah. Hmm. A year later, you know, he told me, oh, pastor, the agent, right, sold off his agency to somebody else. And the new owner doesn't know me anymore. So no breakthrough. But not to worry, pastor. I have another coach. He's a coach of this top club. And he told me that he would sign me up. Not too long later, right? I, I kind of knew what was going to happen already. Oh, the coach told me that the place is already full. I cannot sign me up. Look, when you pray, and then you get into contact with the owner, the agent, the big-time coach, right? You find this to be God's favour, is it? So you expect it to go in this direction. Wow, nobody else got it except me because I'm God's chosen, right? Because God loves me and I'm special. And all of this failed. In a period of two years, I saw everything that he was hoping for, every door closed, failed. So I asked him, what now? Next slide. And this is what he told me. Pastor, I pray, but there's no point praying if I give up. So I will not give up. People who pray and then give up, they're not praying. They're actually playing. He told me in his Malaysian slang, I don't play play, I pray pray. <laughs> don't laugh, okay? What you can't use to talk like that. People who pray and then give up. They are not serious with God. They only want to know a God who cares. But God doesn't only care for us, God also is concerned for us. God doesn't only want to bless you. God also has a plan for you. God also has a purpose bigger than what you are able to do right now for you. Your life is not maximized right now, no matter how old you are. In a year from now, you are going to be, God means for, means for you to be bigger and greater than what you are. And five years from now, God expects you, what has a plan for you that is bigger and greater than what you will be in a year from now. And so on and so forth. So he said, you know, if I give up now, I will never reach the finish line. Even though right now I have nothing to talk about. You know what he told me? That's why I didn't bother to even ask him whether I should pray for you. My testimony would be, I didn't give up. Okay. I said, uh, since your testimony would be, you didn't give up, keep me informed. Let's go next slide. In his third year, So what happened in the first slide? The owner of the club promised. Then the owner, no more contact. The agent said, don't worry, I can find you a club. I got 20 clubs in contact with me. Then the agent sold away his agency. The coach who told him, I will be your mentor. When I go up, you will go up with me. That coach went up and forgot about him. He thought he was special because God was giving him all the special contacts. 
But he didn't give up. And another door opened. This time, he signed for a good club. So he told me, Pastor, when I come back next time, give me a chance to testify. God gave me the good club. Within two weeks, he sent me another message. I signed the contract, but the club fired the coach. And they paid us all off for a short period of time. They canceled our contracts because the new coach came in. He wanted his own players. And I said, so what's next? I told you, I won't give up. So he, very shortly, all those players who were sacked from this club, another club offered them a trial. So 20 players went to the other club. All sacked from this club. They were paid off and they went to the other club. I think the other club knew that they were paid off. So they went over. They did the trial. From 20 players, cut, 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 cut. Eventually left two players. He was in there. And he said, see, God is helping me. Because every week they cut players, I was still there. And I was praying with my prayer. Okay. So he's still special. And finally, the, the uh, club told him, not the club, like, I don't know whether this is the club or unofficially the, the person who's going to sign him said, we will sign you, but please pay us $10,000. Sorry? When you sign me, I don't pay you. You pay me. Oh, yeah, but here it's quite special. You pay first and later we will pay you. I think it was not paying the club. I think it was paying into some personal account. How much? $10,000. So I asked him, what did you do? You just got the payoff from the other club, right? He said, of course I wouldn't pay and, you know, compromise my belief. Furthermore, if they took me because I paid, then how much more I have to pay later on? So I said no. You said no, you came so close. They're going to sign you. And the money also came from the other club. Just pay, it's not your money. No, 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 no. This is not the way I want it. You see, this boy is growing. He has a dream, but he knows that God has a plan. And God's plan may be higher than his dream. God's plan will be better than his dream. He doesn't have to achieve his dream this way because if you have to achieve your dream this way, this is not part of God's plan. So he gave it up. The moment he didn't sign for this club, three weeks later, it looks like he was quite well known, you know. Another coach called him up. Come over and try with us. So try on, right? I said, okay, we are almost going to sign you, so just wait for the phone call. The phone call never came. Later on, you know, he met the coach. The coach told him, at that time, I lost my handphone. Kind of funny, right? Coach got fired. Coach lost handphone. 
And these are all different people, so you know they're all not ganging up together against you, right? And I'm like, kind of thinking like, every time something so good happens to me, it turns out to be too good to be true. What should we do? Come on. What should he do? Huh? Give up lah. Go and do something else with your life. Next slide. So I asked him, what are you going to do now? I told you already. My testimony would be, I don't give up. People who pray and then give up, they are not serious. They are not praying. They are playing. I already told you. My testimony would be, I pray, I don't play. Okay. Just keep me informed. Three and a half years gone now. Next slide. He went to another country. Because they got an offer there. Went there. First day, right, the coach of that team told him, I don't know what you've been doing for the last three years. You're not good at all. You won't make it. This guy is about 17 years old. And this senior coach tells him, you're not good at all, you won't make it. Confidence should be shaken. Well, since he was in that country, he went to look at another club. They said, we will call you. But he knew they won't call. So his feelings came true. Next one. He went to try this club. He said, we, we wouldn't have signed you if you came one month ago. Now our team already full. Cannot, cannot sign any more players. So I asked him, why don't you come back? Lah? You went to this place, didn't work out. When that place didn't work out, come back. Lah. Next slide. I did told you. I'm not playing. I'm praying. My testimony will be, I don't give up. There's so many times the door shut on you. Pretend only to open, but then shut. Then one day, a door will open which no man can shut. I haven't found that door yet. I won't give up. Next. So he was in this city and he heard the best club in that country 400 kilometers away. So he got on a bus and he went 400 kilometers. Right? He told me that he used his money to go for that trip and he was hoping the club would find him the accommodation. So he arrived there. He went, went in to talk to the coach, explained to the coach who he was. And the coach said, actually, we're quite interested in a player like you. Can you come back next month? So he had to take a bus and go back 400 kilometers. See, by that time, right, if you was in his position, you'd be thinking, I heard a lot of people promise me, right? It never ends well. Always say, I'll call you back, come again. So he, he just went back. One month later, he took the, four, the, the 400 kilometer bus ride again and he went. He arrived there, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We remember, we told you to come back, right? Uh, but tell you what, Today, we haven't started our pre-season training yet. 
come back next week. What would you do? I'm asking you a question. What would you do? After all that he has gone through, three and a half years journey, right? With all the promises, right? Last time he was dealing with the club president. Then he was dealing with the agent. Then he was dealing with the coach. Now he's on a bus being told, come back again, okay? Would you come back again? Because you kind of think you know the story, right? When you come back again, they will finally find another reason to tell you no, right? If people want you, they want you straight away, right? Am I right? So he went back that 400 kilometers and he came back again. And said, so, oh yeah, good, you came back again, right? So you can train with us, but you have to find your own accommodation. So we will give you a decision within three days. So he, okay, he stayed in the hotel by himself, three days. Three days became three weeks. He's still paying for his hotel, right? And they told him, ah, we're not sure. Lah. So he was thinking, I think we are not sure it's going to end by saying, ah, sorry, lah. cannot. Lah. So he updated me. So I said, this doesn't look promising, right? Why don't you look for something else to do? Lah? Next slide. Pastor, I told you, I'm not playing. I'm praying. People who pray and give up, they're not serious. So I thought I could ask him this question. You are praying to God, right? Yeah, of course. If I don't pray to God, who am I praying to? Why doesn't God seem to answer your prayer? Who said God didn't answer my prayer? He let me get to know the club president. He let me get to know the agent. He let me get to know so many coaches. I got to different country. I have got contract. Then they cancelled the contract. They paid me. And then after that, when the person asked me to pay him under the table, I said no. Who said God wasn't with me? But nobody has ever given you something permanent. That is because God has something bigger for me. Lah. So far, the club I am right now trialing is the biggest ever. You see, Pastor, I went from the this level, to that level, and to that level. Every level rejected me. I wasn't going from the highest level, bottom, bottom, and being rejected. I was going upward momentum. Yeah, but they all rejected you. See, that is why I'm not giving up. Because every door that shut, another door open. As long as I don't give up, doors will open. They didn't sign you, but they didn't ask me not to come anymore. You want to see the next slide? They signed him. Now one year already. They pay him the highest in the club. So I asked him, can I know what's in your contract? He said, I can't show you too many things in my contract. But here's what I can tell you, Pastor. Yeah, what is it? If another club wants to pay me, wants to, wants to buy me, they have to pay at least 20 million. 
I said, you know, there's one time, right? One coach said you cannot play. He said, yeah, but this coach is, thinks I'm very good. I'm now captain of the team. And my, uh, my what do you call that, uh, exit clause is 20 million. Anybody wants to buy me has to pay more than 20 million. Nothing less than that. So you're that good? I don't know. But will anybody pay you 20 million to preach? I said, uh, no, I, I'm not that good. <laughs> Even 20 million rupiah, they won't pay me. <laughs> not like you, 20 million dollars. He owns his walk. So, I, I, don't, I don't know how he thinks, you know, this, this, this particular person, how he thinks. I don't know what kind of sermons he heard, right? But he's not like that couple who came to me and said, Pastor, would you pray for us? They want me to pray for them, but they don't do anything about trying to get over the line. They expect God to do everything for them. Friends, if you only pray and never do anything, in fact, you have given up, you are deceiving yourself because you are dealing with a God who not only cares for you, He is concerned for you. He not only has a blessing for you, He actually has a plan for you. And that plan is not a short-term plan. It is a long-term plan. He doesn't expect your end to look like how when you started. He expects your end to be much greater and far more glorious than when you started. So, when you pray, don't ever, ever give up. If you pray and you give up, you are no different from a person who never prayed and gave up. If you pray and you give up, don't be surprised that those who don't pray but never give up seem to have the kind of outcome that sounds like blessed from the Bible sense. You look at all those people who walk with God, they walked with God. They didn't fly with God. You know what I mean? I didn't come from KL to here walking. If I had to walk here, I probably won't come so often. But it's because I fly there. Okay, never mind, right? Uh, I, I, I tend to fly even, I remember uh, three months ago, I flew to Australia. I preached on Friday. I preached on Saturday. On Sunday, I preached on Sunday evening, I'm back. Sorry, Sunday evening, I flew back. Monday morning, I'm at home. So I told my neighbor, uh, he asked me what you did the weekend. I went to Australia. No, your car was here. I saw you Friday. I saw you today. How can we go to Australia? I said, yeah, I, I flew Friday. I come back Monday. Because flying is not the same as walking. When we pray, we like to fly with God. But you know, when I fly, I don't get stronger. If I walk, I'd probably be much slimmer. I'd be probably much stronger. God wants to give you endurance. So that having run the race, you finish well. Many people run, but they don't finish well. God wants us to finish well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we are dealing with an extraordinary God who wants us to be extraordinary, who wants us to have an extraordinary life. 
Lord, we do not seek rejection. We do not seek pain. We do not seek discomfort. We pray for growth, but we do not realize, except that we go through discomfort, except that we go through a mountain of challenge, we cannot grow. That growth can only come from a rebuilding of what is broken down. That growth can only come through a repairing of what is weak. So Lord, we thank you that you have a special way of turning our weaknesses into strengths and making our strengths excellent as long as we learn to rely on you. Pray. And as we pray, Father, we ask that you give us a biblical mindset, knowing that prayer itself is just the place where we receive our fuel, the place that we receive our energy. It is the starting point. It's a powerful starting point, but it is a starting point nevertheless. It is your power in us that is designed to cause us to never give up not lose heart.